Welcome to the X-Men Files, a podcast where Inessa and Brian talk about the X-Men comics. He's reading them again as an adult, she's reading them for the first time. So grab your back issues out of their Mylar bags, and let's talk about the greatest comic book series ever, the X-Men. Welcome back, I'm Brian. I'm Inessa. Giggling with me, as usual, is Inessa. Uh, I needn't tell you why this week's episode is special. You needn't tell me, but perhaps For our the benefit listener of the, yeah. would. And I think most of our listeners don't need to be told either. Because this is... <laughs> they're imaginary. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> the leprechauns and uh, brownies and pixies that form the core of our audience <laughs> don't need to be told because yes. uh, we deal in reality here. Uh, this is our 75th episode. Holy shit. I don't know whether to be proud or ashamed. I'm not. Yeah, I'm. I'm not ashamed. I'm proud. <laughs> okay. Well, good. Good. Yeah. Uh, I. I will. I will adopt that posture. Yeah, I would be um, ashamed. Yeah. The, one of the most follow through <laughs> things I've ever done in my apart entire from life. Me apart and, from and yeah, parenthood. Well, I mean, but you can't not do parenthood, right? Like once Fair. parenthood happens, right. so your marriage to, you, to me. Because I can assure you, you can. Opt <laughs> yeah, out. I know that I can opt out of our marriage. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm glad that you don't. But yeah, it's it's you know one of the things that I've done most consistently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. This feels like one of these habits of highly, I don't know, successful people. I mean, that we could we could do we could successful. Actually, meal planning is the Debatable other thing. Meal planning very, is a thing. Although we haven't yet done that today, so if y'all we'll don't do, meal plan, you better we meal just plan. Fuck right off. I mean, yeah, I mean you don't you need to fuck off, but you just from me, you should. I'm just making a suggestion step, step to you. Back. From step back and t- see me again when you've got a meal plan. Okay, I'm just suggesting that if you if your meals feel stressful, I'm not suggesting. Yeah, if your meals feel stressful, you should think about meal planning on Sundays for the whole week, and then every day you know exactly. what you're going you to know eat. what you're doing. I'm I'm not suggesting. I'm saying that if you don't know what you're having for dinner tonight, that's your own fault. You lazy, shiftless douche. Wow, what is wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> I'm a little bit tired, uh, so I'm trying to. Pump myself up with with you know faux confidence and energy and kind of unearned, uh, unwarranted antipathy towards uh, people who aren't here. Yeah. If you don't meal plan, uh, no skin off my nose, man. Yeah. Sorry. I'm also, I, I take I take it all back. I'm also a little bit tired, as illustrated by the fact. You're gonna you're gonna tell the uh, the Burgers and Panera story yes, again. Right. Tell ordered, the Burgers and Panera story. That I ordered, although I might have already spoiled it. I ordered bagels from Burgers. Yeah. And then went to collect them at Panera. Right. Where, right. when they said they didn't have my order... You went all Karen on them. I didn't exactly <laughs> go all you did Karen not. on I, them. I, but you, you, you don't do that. Yeah. I, I'm more, much more likely to do that than you But I was definitely headed towards being frustrated. Like, yeah, I more yeah. just wanted them... I couldn't understand why they could either... Like, they obviously didn't have it. Yeah. You know, because I was expecting to pick it up at that time. Right. So it was like, it's not in a cabinet <laughs> or like out yeah, back. You had already done the you know, legwork like, of ordering yeah, the bagels yeah. from yesterday. So it was yeah. obvious to me that they didn't have it. And the fact that they kept somehow looking for it like it was going to appear out of a computer was, you know, it didn't really matter to yeah. me if they had found it. And, and then it, there was, but it, they hadn't filled it. Or in the words of Jerry Seinfeld, anyone can take, take a reservation. reservation. Yeah. 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 So finally, uh, I figured she asked yeah. me to show her the confirmation email, which I did. At which point? And then she said, <laughs> "Things took a turn." <laughs> he said, "This is Panera," yeah. and I felt like an idiot. Luckily, Be this at that point, because like in my head, she's sort of like, like, 
this you know, <laughs> she didn't do opening that. <laughs> up her arms indicating the yeah. uh the storefront where you were she didn't do that but she could have and yeah luckily yeah. Brugger's was across the street yeah. and you know no no bagels were no harmed. hebrew school parents were no left hebrews without were without bagels this morning we had extra bagels even. we had there were some extra yeah. bagels anyway we didn't bring so, any of the extra bagels home no we're not here to talk about bagels we are not here to Although, talk about having said that, we should probably come back to this. Let's talk about bagels at the end of the, uh, the episode. <laughs> okay. I feel like, I don't, I, you know, there, there's more to say about bagels. Okay. You don't, you don't believe I me. I mean... You know, I try to support you culturally. And this is the <laughs> fucking thanks that I get. If you wanted to talk about, like, cornbread or biscuits or something, I'd be so touched that you're trying to meet me halfway. Are you... Do you mean you're trying... Like, you're doing a Jewish thing <laughs> by talking about bagels? Well, I, I like bagels. I don't, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> right. I, I don't, I don't see color when yeah. I look at people. <laughs> when you look at bagels. Okay. <laughs> yeah, bagel. This bagels I do. issue yeah. is called The Spiral Path, although initially I thought it was called Born Again, because that's what it says on the cover, but right. it's called The Spiral Path. Uh, it came out in November of 1985. Yeah. I believe. And uh, try, to, try to look up a little bit. There. It costs 65 cents. Tom Brokaw, you need to, uh... <laughs> Cost sixty five cents. Okay, yeah. and uh, it's the hundred and ninety ninth issue. I, I was just thinking we we couldn't have nailed it so that our seventy fifth episode coincided with the two hundredth issue. We, I mean, that would have been some forward thinking. Yeah, well, that's not the sort of people that we are. No. All right. So do I? Mean, I don't have a recap, but I can sort of a uh, recap on the fly if you want me to. Let's do that both with. As few ums as possible, <laughs> which kind of asking for a lot. Do you listen to them afterwards and find that when we do the recaps, we have a lot of ums? The recaps are pretty egregious. We're not too bad in the ums and the continuation noises when we're just talking off the fly, off the cuff, off yeah, the fly? When we're talking. On the fly. On the fly, off the cuff. Off the cuff. On the cuff? Off the cuff. The fly is on the cuff. Off the cuff. On the fly. <laughs> when we are... Now, I, I know that we are never we are never amusing when never. we try to get some mileage out of off the cuff and on the Possibly fly. Possibly simply never amusing. Period. There are moments. Okay. We have right. moments. But but the, the recaps are the ones where it, it gets a little a little dicey. The quick, like, the, the non-written up. The ums. Yeah. The, okay. And then Cyclops? <laughs> Something out of his eyes? Oh, no, he's shooting some... Yeah. yeah. So. Okay, so we, we open with Cyclops. He's back. Moira McTaggart has called him back because she needs to talk to him about something. And he's working out in the danger room just like he used to do, or the, the rec room or whatever they call it. Can I, can I suggest something? Am I already on, doing something wrong? You're not doing something wrong. <laughs> Good heavens. Suggesting something yes, doesn't mean you can suggest something, something wrong. No, I'll never suggest anything. You're perfect 100% <laughs> Aww, of the time. thanks. Okay, what are you going to okay. suggest? Yeah, yeah, so like my, my, my off-the-fly off the uh, suggestion, <laughs> can I like pause from time to time to just like, like note note? Of things? course you can. Okay, yeah, great. you can always interrupt. That gives me time to look ahead. Okay, cool. Uh, so, so on page two, we're already, it's sort of in the background- but we're already getting some awesome 80s style from Moira and Rachel. Moira has, I don't even know how to describe this thing. It's not like a, like a dynasty kind of an outfit, but, but that's an outfit that just really, really yeah, like the screams suit, 80s the, to me. The, the suit dress or whatever with the big shoulder pads. 
But let's just say, like, the shoulder pads are not really the issue. The lapels, the lapels are mostly yeah. what catch my attention. I had a dress like that. Did you? When I first went to work. It wasn't long. Oh. I mean, it wasn't blue and it wasn't long sleeve, but it was, yeah, fundamentally I that same. I bet you looked great. Same and, layout. Yeah. And, and Rachel, the... The leg warmers. The leg warmers and the suspenders, like the, the Robin Williams Oompa Loompa suspenders. Yeah, Cyclops <laughs> that's, is... That's amazing. Cyclops is wearing these, like... Does he always wear those? I actually noticed those, those like, boots weird have been boots. around for ages. Yeah, actually, okay. they're kind of a timeless, uh, a timeless classic. Timeless classic, much like a Corsair's outfit, yeah. like like Burt Reynolds in space. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Rachel wants to talk to Scott. Uh, he can't talk to her because Moira McTaggart, who's suddenly like super super hot, I don't remember her being quite so. Like, oh, she's always been hotly hot. drawn. Yeah. Um, has some things that she wants to talk about with Scott. She is worried that Professor Xavier is dying. Yeah. And he's dying because he has not been taking it easy after the, take it easy. the anti-mutant yeah. attack that he was subjected to a couple issues back. Um, as I was writing, as I was trying to do an actual recap for this in my notes, I, I, said, I said, Professor is, Professor X is dying because of his to-do list. <laughs> he just has, he's wow, got too I've, much, he's got too, I much, got so shit much shit to do. Man. He's got too yeah, much shit to yeah. do. <laughs> I, one quick and hopefully <clears throat> final note on Moira's outfit. <laughs> yeah. Because on the next page, we're on page uh, four now, uh, you know, like panel panel four. Um, it's not even a suit. Cause, like, it's you not don't a dress. See, it's pants. It's, it, it's pants, but it's not a suit. It's like a unitard <laughs> with lapels and a belt. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Maybe she sort of looks more like an astronaut than the dress that I had. Um, yeah. I don't think you had a dress like this. Yeah. Would, would that I had. Anyway, so Rachel is sad uh, because she hears that, that uh, Scott's about to become a father. She does not pause <laughs> because I thought that we were going to Rachel's thing, but actually now we're in Washington, D.C. Yeah. And Valerie Cooper is uh, visited by Mystique, who... Valerie Cooper is visited by... Valerie, Valerie Cooper. Coop- what? what? Yeah. <laughs> then she's visited by Ronald Reagan... <laughs> The Reagan was just so great. Did you read it in Reagan's voice? I didn't. Oh, I, I, I certainly did. It, it, it's kind of hard because the, the dialogue doesn't quite match up with Reagan's cadence, vocal cadence. Yeah. But uh, I have a proposition, Valerie. And, and that's as good as it gets for my Reagan. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, of course, it's neither Valerie Cooper nor Ronald Reagan. It is Mystique from the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yep. Uh, she sees which way the wind is blowing uh, in an anti-mutant sort of uh, sentiment and offers... And, oh, that wind is blowing. Offers the government the services of the Evil Brotherhood of Mutants yep. to be renamed as, I can't remember, Space Freedom Force? Force. Freedom, Freedom Force. Force. Space Force. Whatever. No. <laughs> this is a comic book, not some asinine... <laughs> ravings of a mentally incompetent three-year-old space force please <laughs> so now we see rachel she's visiting her childhood home uh flashing. Where she's thinking about how they were heirs to the tea magnate fortune of their predecessor <laughs> Earl Grey. i noticed the old gray thing that yeah was that was great um she's feeling uh, bad about things that she's done in the past uh, she's feeling sad about about her mother. She's feeling sad about a lot of things. Mm. She's feeling very emotional. And I would have done an amazing write-up of all of this if I had done a write-up. And she sort of, uh, because of the of the crystal ball thing that that she, that they were given, not a yes, technically, literally, literally a crystal, a crystal ball. ball. But not something that allows you to see the future. It's the not a metaphorical figure. No, uh, it's the 
holempathic matrix crystal imbued with the essence of Jean Grey's personality. Which you will recall from issue 138. Yes. She... <laughs> Was that a legit yes? Yeah. Okay. Cool. I mean, I didn't recall it, but I read something that mentioned it. Okay. So, you know, sitting here, I Our know. Very fir- that, that, that's Our very why it's a great issue. one for yeah. episode 75, because episode yeah. number one, we talked about issue number 138. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. So she sort of takes on, she she first sort of con- reverts to her hound form, which in her world she was used to hunt other mutants. Um, she feels bad about it. And then she sort of uh, imbues herself somehow because this is a comic book with the power of, uh, of Phoenix. Yeah. We'll come back to that. Yeah. And... Then we are at the Holocaust Memorial with Kitty Pride. Yeah, back to DC. Yeah, back to DC. Kitty Pride, who's allegedly her last name. I'm trying to find it because allegedly. it was dumb. Um, yeah, Samuel oh. Prideman. <laughs> I mean, I know they made her Jewish from the beginning, and I yeah. so I guess they could have given her like a more a last name that was like Kitty Rabinowitz. Well, Kitty, uh... like she could have been Kitty. Something like uh, I, I love. I love the minefield you're Kitty, Kitty like she could have been like, Kitty Rose, and then okay, and then yeah, she had yeah, been yeah, Kitty yeah. Rosenberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like yeah. Kitty Pride, you're seems trying to like, like come up with. Uh, like, uh, you're trying to not say Rabinowitz, which I did. Which yeah, is, well, whatever. Yeah. She's you know like instead it's it seems like they gave her a name that they wanted her to have, and then sort of they retconned, retconned it yeah, by yeah, adding yeah. men <laughs> to at the end. But it sounds because Pride it is it is kind of anyway. Yeah. So she's there with Magneto. People are looking for their relatives. Uh, this, that, and the other thing happens, and we come to learn that Magneto was, uh, you know, saved saved people at Auschwitz. Auschwitz. You know, yeah. it was the least he could do. Uh, whatever. And then Mystique shows up and outs herself. Oh, because when 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 she went to see Valerie Cooper mm-hmm. and offered her the services, Valerie Cooper said, "Cool." Bring me the head. Bring me the head of Magneto, Magneto yeah, who used to be Magnus, your Magnus yep, yeah, who used to be your your leader, or right. whatever. So she shows up, uh, and who is she? Who is she uh, appearing as at the Holocaust Memorial? At the Holocaust Memorial, she's appearing as Valerie Cooper. She is not. No, who's she appearing as? Lee Forrester. Oh shit! You're right. Yes, yeah. she's appearing as Lee Forrester. Right. Right. Yes. Who's yes been captured? <laughs> She was wearing a green suit, and the other person was wearing a green suit. Lee Forrester and Valerie Cooper look very similar. Yeah. So, turns into Mystique. Uh, The rest of the evil mutants show up, including this character called Spiral, who is there. Who the fuck is Spiral? I don't know. He's just there, like... uh, Is it a he? Or whatever. They are just there to, uh, you know, rep their new uh, comic book thing right something called long shot there's like a new a, a thing is <laughs> spiral is there mostly as like a marketing ploy for some new uh entirely thing I, I, that, that could that entirely be. working on um footnote because it, it, what's a comic book without footnotes uh we need to we need to read the long shot miniseries yeah. uh and maybe have uh, not like a protracted thing but maybe talk about long shot and or and the senti yeah continue our hunt for the runaway and then there's this footnote that says she means long shot and the outcome of that quest can be found in the limited series of yeah. the same name on sale now and but you know uh, yeah long shot written by Anasenti, yes. who is the editor of this title correct i'm and, pretty sure yeah. also that spiral is a female person yeah. 
Um, just looking at the pictures. Anyway, so there's fighting. They've got that that seer lady, and she keeps kind Oracle. of Oracle. Yeah, she mm. keeps telling them what's about to happen. Kitty finally takes her out. There's more fighting. Uh, Nightcrawler shows up, filled with you know angst and worry about his his nice German word there, yeah, angst. angst. Yeah, yeah. He ends up teleporting. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name. The blob. The blob. Up to the top of the. Washington. Classic Silver Age villain, the Blob. Mm. I think he first showed up in like X Men number four or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the X Men also show up. More fighting, and well, they sh- they show up because Nightcrawler was there. So in the end, the X Men sort of defeat uh, the brother- Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Yep. And then Magneto says, "Well, hold on, I'm gonna stay because." Uh, I need to be, you know, accountable right. for the things that I've done. And, you know, he's... he's To face my accusers and my fate. Yes. Next, the trial of Magneto. Let me hear you say it. Nick, dun, dun, dun. I'm sorry. With some verve. Okay, just try again. Right, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do Magneto... <laughs> And then, and then I'll do the narrator, and then you do the dun dun dun. Okay. okay. I'm through running and hiding, for my own salvation, and the good of mutant kind. The time has come at last to take a stand, to face my accusers, and my fate. Next week on the X Men: The Trial of Magneto. Dun dun dun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's we are never going to do that again. I was terrible. I mean, that was that was god awful. The first thing was okay. Yeah, I, I, re- I really I really wanted to have a sort of a Don Pardo thing on the announcer, but I, I, you know I couldn't. <laughs> and then at the last minute, I thought that it struck the wrong tone, so I went for. Okay. <laughs> what do we think of this? So obviously, I liked this one. Obviously, I liked this one. Great. I was actually looking for a quote. I can't remember where. How about if I talk while you look for the quote? No, go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't. Go have ahead. To, I don't... I, I'm going. To, th- that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I will go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> so you like this one. I, I found that interesting. Um, I, I was caught a little bit off guard by the disconnect between the cover and the main plot. Like, I get it. We're going to have several different plots in a comic. But the cover suggests that big things are happening for Rachel. They do. But, like, that was the B story in this. Right. And also, I didn't quite grok what was going on there she goes to her grandparents house jean gray's parents house the flames she always gets in her flashbacks and i'm I'm kind of understanding that and yet i'm also not and then i'm with you like is she phoenix now because she wants to be right. because of the empathic homeo crystal homeopathic crystal <laughs> so uh i my my brow remains a little bit furrowed about yeah. the B story. The A story with Magneto uh, was groovy. Yeah. Did you find your quote? No, I couldn't find it exactly, but there was just there was an interesting. <laughs> I, I love how like when I'm talking, you're, you're staring right at the microphone because I like looking at you when you talk. I, I, you're I, so I handsome. Really sweet. Yeah. I mean, you're doing you know the wrong thing for the right reasons, yeah, but so um, okay. Yeah. Um, it, there was a, just a just talking about him and and, and his sort of. Uh, you know, obvious kind of uh, Jewishness. There was a quote in there that where he says that he doesn't. In where no, Jason Powell. No, in in the comic itself, oh, where God, he yeah, says yeah. that he doesn't see himself as a as a citizen of uh, of any country, right? Or he doesn't, you know, see himself as being, you know, subject to the powers of any country, and that's like a 
low-key anti-Semitic trope of, you know, Jews sort of having uh, divided loyalty that, that, that Jews can never really be trusted to be, uh, yeah. you know. It, it, it rang... De- it- First of all, I can see that yeah. you would you would. It was read just it something way. I noticed. I mean, we don't need to talk yeah. about it for now. Well, I I would say that um, it, it it rings differently when Magneto says it. Yeah. When Magnus says it. Yeah. Uh, him, he's like like, and I think it lines up very nicely with his villainous motivation, which is I am an extra national. Yeah. Because. <laughs> I've I've gotten the shaft kind of coming and going, so <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck all y'all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, I mean, in a way, this is not going to address any issues of, of tropism. So later, he's going to have an island for mutants. Uh, and then that's going to go away. But in the current pages of the X-Men, there is an island for mutants called Krakoa. Mm-hmm. And especially the early issues of the X-Men. And this is like like the ones that came out in 2019, 2020, something like that. Um, to me, it feels a lot like Israel. Mm. They establish themselves on this island of Krakoa. And they say, anyone who is a mutant, you are an automatic citizen mm-hmm. of, of this nation. Yep. Uh, the global community is divided about whether to recognize them. <laughs> right, right. Interesting. Uh, it, it, it rings very, very much like that. So um, it, it, it isolated, totally get it, yep. that it's like, like a divided loyalty. Another read on that is that it is kind of Zionism as looking for a, a refuge for mutants. Yeah, yeah, fair. Or, which you would regard as his people. Right, right. Yeah, no, I get yeah. that. Um, yeah, so I like that storyline, and, and there was a thing that I read that I couldn't possibly have come up my, with myself, but the, that this is sort of the, like, completes the transformation of the X-Men from... Oh, uh, yeah, Powell makes that point, yeah. Yeah, oh, maybe that was there. Yeah, okay. from, from people that, from mutants that help... Counter-revolutionaries. Humans. Yeah. From other mutants to now actually mutants that have to also protect themselves from humans. Exactly. And also other mutants. Yeah. 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 Uh, Powell makes this uh, point, and it, it's a really astute read of the reversal that the Claremont has, has done here. I'm not bright enough to come up with this, so I'm paraphrasing what Powell right. said because it's awesome. Uh, the very first issue of the X-Men, the X-Men are protecting a government installation from Magneto. So mutants exist in the Earth in like 1962. Some of them are villainous and want to take down the humans. They're revolutionary forces. The X-Men are protecting the humans from evil mutants. Mm-hmm. They're counter-revolutionary. They're protecting the government in that case. Uh, and there are some other instances of that, like in issue 94, where they're they're protecting the uh, 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 the Air Force installation right, right. Uh, and so on. Uh, Claremont eventually chips away at that mm-hmm. to get to the X-Men as, uh, I, I don't think revolutionaries, but certainly by no means counter-revolutionaries. Right. Uh, now, the evil mutants are working for the government. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so when, and, and Magneto, the original revolutionary, is now kind of a frenemy of the, of X-Men, the X-Men. And as we're going to find out, he's, he's going to go even, even further than that. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that's a cool storyline. And I agree. That was a lot more interesting than 
whatever was happening. I'm going to murder you. <laughs> I'm going to do worse than murder you. So I'm, going happens, force, what, I'm going to what, force you to listen to these episodes because you don't. I do. <laughs> what we're laughing about is that as soon as I start to talk, apparently I look away from the microphone. You, you look off to your right yeah. and down. Yeah. So that, 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 that was the reason why I invoked Tom Brokaw. The reason why... Did Tom Masters... Brokaw do that? No! Because <laughs> he's a fucking professional. <laughs> he wants to be seen and heard. Um, so as, but... soon as, I, as soon as I start to talk, yeah. Brian starts to wave his arm right. in the sky to try to bring me back to looking up at the microphone. But before the invention of teleprompters, this was... Uh, some, it, it, an issue with newscasters because yep. they would have like paper and they have to kind of like scan it and then look up and read mm -hmm. so that uh, the audio sounds sounds decent. Yeah, you wouldn't know anything about that though. I wouldn't know anything about that because I'm not a professional. You last a day. I wouldn't last a day in, in Tom in a Brokaw's room. chair. Yeah, in Brokaw's newsroom. I don't he really would ride you out of town. I don't really have a voice for uh, for the news. He would steel toe your ass. Wow. All the way to Toronto because <laughs> Brokaw's Canadian. Oh wait. Is it Peter Jennings? Peter Canadian? Jennings Peter was Je Canadian. They all look alike to me. The Canadians and the Americans. <laughs> the Canadians all look alike to you. Uh, they look like Americans. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Peter Jennings was Canadian. Probably still is. He's dead. Peter Jennings is dead. Dead for ages. Elizabeth Montgomery was trending the other day, and I'm not sure why. Tr like trending on Twitter. Elizabeth Montgomery, like from a Bewitched. dream of genie. Oh, okay. Bewitched. That, that's You're uh, right. Sorry. Uh, that's Barbara show. Hershey yeah. was uh, Bewitched. Yeah. Um, Barbara Hershey. Barbara Eden. <laughs> um, Elizabeth, so Elizabeth Montgomery is trending, and I, I don't know why, I still don't know why, but I get to do the thing that, uh, make the realization that I make like once about every five years, she was a stunningly gorgeous woman. <laughs> so it is a, the, 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 like, like, under which, I mean, you know, she looks, you know, telegenic and like, like yeah. a TV star, but then the, you see other pictures of her, like from the 60s, and you're like, oh my God. <laughs> She looks amazing. <laughs> That's funny. Um, Why was she trending? Did she die? I, she, no I think she's been dead she's for a long time. She's been dead for quite some time. Yeah. yeah. And she's a decent person as well. Yeah. I, I get the uh, the impression. Yeah. She Peter, was, uh, Peter yeah. Jennings died a long time ago, like huh. young of uh, lung cancer or something. I'm really? pretty sure. Unless I'm thinking about somebody else. And okay. if I am and you're listening, Peter Jennings, I'm sorry <laughs> yeah, for yeah. killing you in this podcast. But I'm actually pretty sure it was Elizabeth Peter Montgomery Jennings. died of cancer in, like at 62 mm. or something. Uh, apparently she had cancer like for a long time. Huh. She had like various cancers from time to time, which is uh, just really sad. There anyway. was some movie that I can't remember the movie or who was in it, but there was like some Hollywood movie that was filmed somewhere and like all the people that were in it died of cancer uh-oh yeah okay mm. area 52 you know okay nuclear testing stuff anyway um yeah so i didn't care that much about the rachel stuff yeah In this I'm, I'm, one i'm happy to see cyclops back i love the magneto story yep. um and i did not care for uh the spiral character who felt sort of had like weird uh weird syntax and felt kind of yeah, uh, shoehorned in there to yeah. uh advertise uh, different, a different story. Uh, I fully agree with you about Spiral. Um, I get it that there are primary, secondary, tertiary, whatever comes after tertiary, and on down to like sixth order, seventh order peripheral characters in the Marvel universe. Yeah, I, and and I'm okay with that. Somebody like comes in and is like, oh, you don't remember so and so from. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
Ultravox yeah. in the 1957. He's back. Yeah. I, I don't mind that so much, but this one... Yeah. I felt I found out about his journey. Yeah, I was a little did. bit like, "Who the fuck is this?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, and also, what are his her powers? It felt like I mean, it felt like, I mean, it felt like a, yeah. so it's like Six a arms. weird Hindu yeah. thing. It felt like this. It felt like sort of a pivotal issue for the Brotherhood. Pivotal? Yeah, like they. Oh, this pivotal. is. I mean, yeah. It felt like like it's a big deal right now. They're working for the government. They have this. Sure. Yeah. You know. So it's like then when they all show up and like there's this new person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Who's that guy? Who yeah, brought this guy? <laughs> who's cousin Oliver with that looks like Vishnu? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I asked you last night, and then you started to tell me, but then I said, "Let's wait." Oh right. About. I forgot all about um, this. Yeah. We'll so, answer this, and then we'll talk about bagels. Yes. We're not going to talk about bagels. Why? So at the beginning, it says like Scott, you know, was found uh, orphaned with his brother. Yeah. And as a teenager, he discovered that he had these uh, laser eyeball beams. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Beams. yeah. But how is it that he don't like he sort of quote unquote discovered them, but now as an adult, he can't control them and he needs those magical fucking sunglasses. Okay. There is an origin story for Cyclops. In the X-Men, there there is some, you know, canonical, quasi-canonical thing. Um, brief aside, the X-Men, Silver Age X-Men, after Lee and Kirby were not working, what? Is it really going to be brief? <laughs> wow. Touche. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Non-brief aside, <laughs> ever since the advent of movable type, humans have had the power for communication. We might ask ourselves, when did comic books originate as a form of printed communication? Uh, after Lee and Curry left the X-Men, they had a series of like like uh, kind of filler stories. Uh, you'd have like a, like a main story. And, and then some filler in the back, and it was like the origins of the X-Men. And so they, they do talk about Cyclops. So it's like one day he just starts shooting shit out of his eyes and he just like keeps them. So he, he can close his eyes to uh, prevent the beams from, from, from being emitted. And like, that's basically that. We don't know why. Don't know why what? We don't know why he like, it's just like, it's puberty. He goes it's through puberty. puberty yeah, basically. Starts, uh, yeah. 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 M- manifestation of mutant powers is a metaphor for puberty <laughs> in general. Yeah. Uh, oh, some, that's something about the way you answered last night made me feel like it was going to be. I've got another. I've, well, well, because I wanted to tell you another story. Oh, okay. Because I was, I was in a meeting, uh, and uh, it doesn't matter, but it was in London because I'm, I'm all international and shit. And so they had lunch brought in, and some of the lunch had uh, shrimp, or as I would say in London, prawns. prawns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so it was like so. This dude there, he notices like uh, looks like there's a bit of prawns in the sandwiches, and he's like, oh yeah, it's like okay, well I can't eat any of this. Uh, and he says, like, I'm allergic. If I get anything that has touched a prawn, like, my my throat will close up and I will die. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Basically. And I said, like, that sounds really heavy. And I said, forgive my asking, but, like, how do you – did that happen to you once? Yeah. How do you know? <laughs> how do you know that? Yeah. And so so the manifestation of food allergies, I think, has a, a lot of similarities to yeah. mutant powers. Mutant powers. <laughs> Uh, and, all these, and, and what he said was, oh, oh, no, I mean, like, I've never gotten to that point. At a certain point, it, it, it was a gradual buildup. Right, yeah, and, and it was like, like, yeah. 
one one time I had shrimp and I was just like horribly ill, but I, I'd been kind of noticing it. And then like after that one time that I had shrimp where I didn't die, my throat didn't close, but I was just, I, in, it just in really, really bad trouble. Yeah. I could, struggling to breathe. I went to the doctor and the doctor says like, yeah, stay away from the shrimp. Yeah. You can't eat shrimp anymore. <laughs> right. Right. Here's your EpiPen. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. Uh, it is. Yeah. It is almost as terrifying as the ruby quartz beams of Cyclops. Yes. Those are also terrifying. Um, You're happy to have Cyclops back. That's interesting. I'm indifferent to having him back. Early? I'll, I'll play the tape. Did I say that I was happy to have him back? You did. Huh. Okay. Maybe I'm happy to have him back. Yeah. Um, He's my least favorite character. Is that true? Yeah, it's true. Growing up, he was probably my favorite. Yeah. Um, he's the he's the loner in the group of loners. Yeah, I thought for, that was Wolverine. Different, mm. different. Um, and there are a lot of those issues that I mean, we caught the end of not the end. We were coming in kind of at the tail end of Cyclops, mm-hmm. um, and about halfway through the issues that we've been reading, that's when Claremont kind of wants to put him back on the shelf. Mm. But prior to one thirty eight, and and definitely in the Silver Edge ones. Um, he's the guy who's just by himself, uh, and it just does not have a whole lot of deep connections with people. So I, I, you know, growing up, I identified. I mean, maybe that's because he's a dick. Whoa. What what dickish thing is he doing? I don't know. He's always, I I feel like I remember him being pretty dickish in like, like maybe when we were in space with, uh, Lalandra, some of that. I don't know. He Hmm. was always like so hard to be a leader everything is so hard yeah and, yeah you know, there is i don't know that. i just always found him to be a little bit dickish wow he's my least favorite character okay at and this... in this one he's kind of dickish about magneto uh yeah although powell touches on that yeah but correct um correct <laughs> <That's it. laughs> um what i what i was gonna say further is that at this stage yeah, Cyclops ought to be your least favorite character. He's peripheral. Uh, he just abandoned his wife, and it's only right. going to get worse. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, so that they can have X-Factor, which is right. a title that has the original X-Men. Right. Jean right. Grey is getting resurrected, and it's all kind of downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, Cyclops these days is uh, uh, not that hard to take. Yeah. He's, Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, we have to have a little bit of a short one today because we've got a you got you've got the call in like we've got five a minutes. thing at two o'clock yeah but is there anything else we wanted to talk about uh the New, wedding singer the wedding oh the wedding singer <laughs> the yeah, wedding yeah. Singer. Uh, that was your suggestion for yeah. a movie on friday night and it was pretty awesome <laughs> i'd never actually singer, seen it, it was, yeah delightful. i read the ebert review of wedding singer man he took a big old shit on that really? movie huh. yeah and um i read his stuff and i don't know man i Ebert and I are, are pretty pretty simpatico. We, we're, we're, we're kind of aligned, but I read that and I'm like, ease up. Yeah. <laughs> Roger, ease up. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fun and uh, the kids really liked it. So if you're looking for yeah, a yeah. family movie with like a, an, you know, a young teen level amount of uh, yeah, like 11, you know, double, you know, double entendres 11, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sort of sexually suggestive, but not actually sexual content. <laughs> I don't even think it was all that much suggestive. Yeah, it was a little suggestive. Yeah. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was, it was, it was great. And um, well, I was about to say, as good, give it sort of like the anti-marketing of really awesome 80s soundtrack. But that's, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I may yeah. be grading it on a curve yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, that's all I have. We haven't watched any Marvel stuff. We haven't watched any more Boba Fett since last We're going to see Boba Fett tomorrow. Yep. We're going to catch up for a little bit with that. What, final point, final thought about uh, The Wedding Singer. Because I hadn't seen it when it came out, and I knew that it was banking on some 80s nostalgia. I had thought that the plot was going to be this guy that was like a real big deal in the 80s, and then like 10 years later, like when the film came out, he was sort of washed up. <laughs> and, and so... It opens up, I'm like, okay, so here he is, like, uh, we're, we're at Act 1, we're about to see the fall, and then we did, and so like, okay, so now we're going to flash forward, forward like, 15 years, years. Yeah. they're like, no, we're no. doing this whole thing in the 80s. The whole damn the thing whole is... The whole thing in the 80s. And, and, I mean, it will say that that's a kind of a knock on the film, yeah. because the film does not at all need that time period. No, but it's Other fun. than... Yeah. Well, I know yeah. that it's Other fun. than it's nostalgic, yeah. Um... I mean, Stranger Things. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow it because I think that there's something about what, the available technology yes. and invocations of sort of innocence yes. and, and things like that that do require it to be set in a different yes. time period. Yes. Well, um, what was interesting about the wedding the singer is that, like, stuff, yeah. yes, um, is that Drew Barrymore never looked like she was in the '80s. She somehow was yeah. always styled to look very of the time. And actually, a lot of the things that, that they put her in, she would look normal in now. Exactly. You know? She had a really, really nice dress. Yeah. In one of those, but everybody yeah. else was like over the top 80s stuff. And it was yeah pretty hilarious. Uh, I mean, I take your point. Yeah, but yeah. for me, it was pretty hilarious. No, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, narratively, it can't be justified. But in terms of this almost 50-year-old man <laughs> being able to uh, wallow in a little bit of nostalgia. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, that that, yeah. that gives yeah. it an extra boost for You're me. For it. I'm not made of stone, okay? <laughs> uh, so uh, so that was all right. Um, right. We're going we're gonna to wrap it up right about yeah, now, right? let's wrap it up. Okay. We'll see you next uh, what's your What's your favorite flavor of bagel? My favorite flavor of bagel is an yes. everything bagel. And and what, what's, what do you want on that everything bagel? On that everything bagel, I want salmon spread. Yeah. And... If I'm really feeling fancy, yeah. a tomato and a slice of onion. It doesn't actually have to okay. be salmon. If I, there is I'm actual salmon, then I don't want the salmon spread. Then I just want plain cream cheese. Yeah, salmon spread and salmon. That's That'd be weird. Not even a hat on a hat. It's a fish on a fish. <laughs> so that's weird. All right. Uh, go eat a bagel, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The X-Men Files. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. If you listen, please rate us. If you want to drop us a note, you can reach us via email at cerebro at xmenfiles.com. You can also check out our website, xmenfiles.com. Our theme music is Invasion to Space Frog by Checky Brown. That music available under a Creative Commons license. Everything else was written, produced, and performed by Brian and Inessa. <laughs>